Now for our story. In Judge Willoughby's courtroom, where the case of Meade versus Calvert was in its last day, there was a general air of anticipation, a sense that something exciting was about to happen. Curious eyes traveled from Kit Calvert, who sat next to her stepmother, holding the baby over whom the legal argument centered, to Peggy Douglas, the young woman Bill Meade loved, sitting pale but outwardly composed among the members of the Lane household. Many observed the anxious, troubled look which passed between Peggy and Bill and wondered what the outcome would be as they glanced toward Nicholas Dorn, Peggy's fiancé, who was also present. Jessie Calvert, Ben's wife and Kit's stepmother, is among the most interested of the spectators, still hopeful that some turn of events may cause the judge to award the baby to Bill Meade. Now she turns to Kit. Is the baby still asleep, Kit? Yes, but he's beginning to get restless. It would be just my luck if he woke up and started a fuss. Well, if you're tired, I'll be glad to hold him for a while. No, thank you. <laughs> I hardly expected you'd want me to. You look very much the picture of wrong motherhood. The judge is sure to be sympathetic. Jessie, you're a cat. I do wonder where Aunt Mary is. It's not likely to stay away at such a time. Farnsworth is certain to call Peggy today. That's something I'm going to enjoy. Aunt Mary being away intrigues me. I wonder if she has something up her sleeve. What could she do? Of course she has nothing up her sleeve. How could she? <laughs> I'm sure I don't know, except that all along I've had a feeling that all the facts in this case haven't been brought out. There's something missing. Oh, for heaven's sake. Jessie, won't you ever stop harping on that? It should be perfectly obvious oh, no, that... no, no, no. Don't forget yourself. Remember the part you're playing. Innocent, patient, long-suffering. That's better. You won't have to control yourself much longer. This is the last day. Oh, here's the judge now. Members of the court will please rise. <laughs> Superior Court and County of Wakefield is now in session. Judge Willoughby presiding. Uh, Your Honor, I'm ready with my first witness. Miss Peggy Douglas. Uh, be seated, Miss Douglas. Now you mustn't be nervous. I have a few simple questions to put to you. I'm sure you're interested in our arriving at a just decision in this case. Of course I am. I thought so. Then if you'll just answer the questions I ask, you'll find it's not much of an ordeal at all. I'm quite ready to begin, Mr. Farnsworth. But you see, we have to wait for the bailiff. He seems to be very busy back there adjusting the transom. <laughs> bailiff, if you please. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, yes, sir. Coming, sir. Uh, raise your right hand, miss. You solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth shall help you, God. I do. Uh, Mr. Farnsworth? Uh, Your Honor? Are you planning to call the infant itself as your next witness? The child is present for a good reason, Your Honor. Since there is no longer a nurse to care for the child at the Calvert home, my client wished to bring the baby here so that she could watch over it properly. Most commendable, I'm sure. Very well. Proceed. <coughs> what is your name, please? Margaret Douglas. Margaret. Popularly known as Peggy, is that right? Yes. Most people call me Peggy. That is my friends do. <laughs> Very well. Uh, Miss Douglas, you're acquainted with the plaintiff in this case, are you not? That is, you know Mr. Mead? Certainly I do. Would you say Bill Mead is a good friend of yours? Yes, I would. How good a friend, Miss Douglas? How good? Well, I'm not sure I understand. Well, Miss Douglas, suppose I put it like this. <laughs> There are friendships of varying degrees, are there not? That is, there are casual friendships. 
And then there are friendships which might be called close friendships. Now, on that basis, how would you classify your relationship to Mr. Meade? Objection. Objection sustained. Miss Douglas, you've known Mr. Meade for some time, have you not? Why, yes. How long would you say you've known him? Well, together, about three years. You met during the war, did you not? Yes. This was before Mr. Meade's marriage to Miss Calvert? Certainly it was. It was during a period of emergency. The young man was unknown in town, and a rapid friendship sprang up based on the rootless, restless spirit of the times, when young people were cut off from their ordinary peaceful ties, cast loose. During this period, then, this time of emotional upheaval, you and Mr. Meade became friends, is that true? It is. Mr. Meade came frequently to your home. He was, you might say, part of your family. Well, I don't... I mean, he was well acquainted with your aunt, Mrs. Lane, and the other members of the household, had dinners there and so on. Well, yes. And there were many times when you were alone together, went on picnics, went canoeing in the warm summer evening, did you not? Yes, we did the things most people do in the summer. Exactly. And you did something many people do at any season. That is, you fell in love. Objection. Your Honor, I submit that the question whether these two young people were actually in love is entirely pertinent in view of what followed later. In view of a shattered marriage. A struggle for custody of the victim of that shattered marriage. If this is not pertinent, then the intentions of the child's father are not. The man who dares to seek custody of a child he abandoned. Objection. Why? Objection. Objection sustained. <laughs> you know the rules of the court, Mr. Farnsworth. These hold as well in Huntsville as they do in your home city, Chicago. You will please abide by them. All right, Miss Douglas. Now regarding this period of your friendship with Mr. Meade, before he met his wife-to-be, at that time, in the course of the many hours you spent together, you must have discussed, as young people do, your plan... Your aspirations and ideals, did you not? Why, yes. You talked about the future, about marriage and parenthood too, I suppose. Yes. Try to remember, Miss Douglas. Did Mr. Meade ever express a desire to have children at some future time when he might marry? Yes, Bill. He said he hoped to be a father someday. I see. <clears throat> well, let's discuss a somewhat more recent period. Since Mr. Meade met and fell in love with Miss Calvert, you must have been surprised when that happened, were you not? Surprised? I suppose I was, in a way. Mm, I thought so. But in any case, Mr. Meade was married. And after some time, his wife went away to California. While Miss Calvert, then Mrs. Meade, was away, Miss Douglas, did you at any time see her husband, her former sweetheart? Yes, I did. You saw him. That is, you were with him even though he was married and you knew his wife was out of town. Well, he was stationed at Camp Downing. The road to the camp goes right past our farm. It was only natural he'd stop in occasionally. There was nothing wrong. <laughs> Did I suggest there was anything wrong, Miss Douglas? Well, let me ask you this. Is it not true that during this period when Mr. Mr. Mee's wife was expecting a child living alone in California, thousands of miles away, that Mr. Meade told you he intended to get a divorce? That he didn't love his wife? That, in fact, he was still in love with you? Objection! Your Honor, there's a law of nature which transcends that which was made by man as a protection to man. These are rules governing human conduct. Rules of decency and fair play. A natural law which decrees that motherhood is sacred. 
I hold that this young soldier, fully aware that his wife was about to have a child, and nevertheless so far forgot his duties as a husband and father-to-be that he returned to this young woman, with whom he had, by her own admission, been in love. This is the man who now attempts to gain possession of the child he wronged so grievously. This is Objection. the Objection! Bill Mead is not being threatened in this court, nor is Miss Peggy Douglas. Apparently, Mr. Farnsworth's rhetoric far exceeds his knowledge of the law. We are here to decide whether Miss Calvert is a fit mother of a child. We're not here. Your Honor, there's an old Latin saying. The verdict acquits the raven but condemns the dove. I contend that Miss Calvert is indeed a dove in this case. A woman who has suffered the tortures of seeing her home broken. Her husband stolen away. And now a plot to take her very child. Nonsense! You're talking for you, Oh, my goodness. I never thought it would come to this. It's really quite exciting. What's the matter, Kit? Oh, no wonder you're so... Well, I didn't think Aunt Mary would stay away. And isn't that your friend Mrs. Fenner with her? Yes, Jessie. It is Lisa Fenner. Kit's face had gone dead white as she watched Aunt Mary walk up the aisle toward the front of the room while Lisa seated herself alone on the other side. There was a momentary pause, a hush as Aunt Mary, her footsteps sounding confident and sure, walked calmly toward Bill Mead's attorney, Angus McKillop. 